Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 113-131 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. On the second night of a back-to-back, the Hawks are unable to make any second-half push as the Grizzlies use a monster third quarter to take out the Hawks. Without further ado, let's get into it. This must be what the Pelicans felt like the night before because the Grizzlies came out and completely owned the third quarter, outscored the Hawks 43-23 to in that decisive period, and ultimately would go on to win this game 131-113 to over the Hawks. Both teams were coming off of back-to-backs. The Memphis Grizzlies had just beat the Miami Heat, and the Hawks had that great game against the Pelicans. And for the first half, it was a ton of offense. The score at halftime was 67-64 in Memphis's favor, and uh, that third quarter would ultimately be the big deciding point and really lead to that 131-113 victory for the Grizzlies. Um, the Hawks were without Clint Capella, without Danilo Gallinari, as well as no John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, or Chris Dunn, and the Memphis Grizzlies didn't have Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton, Justice Winslow, or Jaron Jackson Jr., and the Hawks really felt missing Clint Capella, and Danilo Gallinari. Um, When you look at all those names, there's a lot of defense on there. Um, And then the Hawks having no Capella and John Collins, it meant they started the rookie. Aneka Kongo got the start. And he actually played pretty well. He had 32 minutes, played 32 minutes, was 6 of 12 from the field, got one of two free throws for 13 points, had 11 rebounds. So his first double-double, six of those offensive, he had an assist and two blocks. Um but on the rebounding end, the Hawks just got kind of dominated. They got out-rebounded 54-42, uh, to 42, um, both teams having 11 offensive rebounds. And the Hawks just weren't hitting shots as well as Memphis was. That third quarter, really the deciding quarter, if we look at just those stats, the Grizzlies were 17-26 of 26 from the field, 5-9 of nine from three, hit all their free throws, four of those. They out-rebounded the Hawks 15-8, to eight, had nine assists, uh, one block and three fouls compared to the Hawks, who were 9 of 23. 9 of 23 is just not going to get it done. 1 of 8 on their three-pointers, 4 of 5 on free throws. Um, again, got outboarded by the Grizzlies, only had six assists, and the Hawks had five fouls. Um, the free throws weren't out of control. The Hawks only got to the free throw line 15 times compared to 21 times by the Grizzlies. But after the game, uh, Coach McMillan was asked if he thought effort was a problem, if what, what was the big difference in this game? And he said he didn't think that effort was a problem, but he just really thought that this was a playoff-like atmosphere, especially with how physical the Grizzlies were being on defense and offense. Um, he thought that that physicality kind of distracted the Hawks and the Hawks let it get it get into their heads a little bit and you know talk to the refs instead of just getting back and kind of taking care of business where they could take care of business. Now, again, not having Clint Capella – um, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. These are a lot of good defenders that the Hawks really could have used, especially um, on a night that Grayson Allen goes off against the Hawks. Uh, Grayson Allen was able to have a huge night. He was 10 of 18 from the field, 7 of 8 free throws for 30 points, 4 rebounds and 3 assists, especially in the third quarter he got going. And a lot of what he was doing, he was just 3 of 9 from 3-point land. He hit his some threes, but he wasn't going off from 3-point land. He was driving. And in both the Pelicans game and I think this game against Memphis, 
both teams took advantage of getting the Hawks in transition. And I think that that's a big area where the rebounding comes comes out and, and hurts the Hawks. It's just when the Hawks were unable to finish uh, possessions on the offensive end, the Memphis Grizzlies were getting the ball and getting it out in transition and really attacking the paint. And uh, the Hawks had no answer for it. Um, and guys like DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Chris Dunn, those are all guys who can, you can put in for a defensive assignment and maybe stop Chris, uh, stop Grayson Allen or any of the wings. But um, I'll give the Memphis Grizzlies a lot of credit. The Hawks were up 14 in the first quarter. The Hawks won the first quarter, 34-29, to 29, and they were up 10, in fact, with under a minute to go in the first quarter. And the Grizzlies erased that 10-point deficit um, in two minutes. They were tied at 11 minutes to go in the second quarter, and they never looked back. They would outscore the Hawks 38-30 to 30 in the second quarter, have that monster third quarter, and then the Hawks would – get five back in the fourth quarter outscoring the Grizzlies 26 to 21. But uh, the Grizzlies really took it to the Hawks. And I thought Nate McMillan was right that um, it wasn't an issue of effort or anything, but the Hawks were getting pushed around. Um, Especially it was, it's wild again to see the calls that other players get. And when we've had a whole season of watching what uh, foul calls, Trey Young doesn't get anymore Um, because Grayson Allen was getting fouled on like the first step of, going to the basket and still getting continuation where anytime Trey Young would do that, the officials immediately pointing to the floor and saying it's on the, on the ground. Grayson Allen was engaging, um, pushing the contact. He was engaging, initiating the contact and a lot of our defenders um, and still able to get the foul call. And he took advantage of that and got 30 points and had a monster game. Um, This all culminated with really the Hawks kind of uh, the lead just ballooned. It was, just three at halftime, it got up to 11, and then the Hawks' offense just looked completely disjointed, throwing bad passes, and uh, Kyle Anderson, affectionately known as slow-mo for his style of play on the court, jumped a pass, and him and John Morant got out on the break by themselves, and uh, Kyle Anderson threw the ball off the backboard to John Morant for a monster dunk, and he was, Kyle Anderson was like raising the roof, John Morant was going crazy, and it was just kind of really disappointing to see that happen at State Farm Arena. But, uh, you know, I again, I thought Oneka Okongwu played well, but with Capella and John Collins out and elevating your third string um, center to starting, it meant that we got some Nathan Knight not time. I thought one thing you know with Nathan Knight is he's going to bring energy, and he certainly didn't disappoint in that area. He had some dunks. He actually had a dunk that annoyed Yunus Valanciunas so much that Valanciunas shoved him after the dunk and got a technical. Um, But the Hawks just weren't able to get stops. And giving up 67 points in a first half is just unacceptable. Um, I know that one big thing area that uh, Coach McMillan talks about all the time is not giving up 30-point quarters. And uh, the Hawks just didn't have any answer for the uh, just aggression that the Memphis was bringing on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. But um, the Hawks also didn't shoot the ball well. They were 45-41 for the field for 45%, 10 of 28 from three-point land for 36%. Um, again, they got outboarded. They had 26 assists and only seven turnovers, which is pretty good. That's what you'd want for the Hawks. They had five steals, three blocks. The bench won the bench battle 39-30. to um, but a big area, again, points in the paint, Memphis won 60 to 56. I mean, 60 points in the paint is just 
is a ton. And the Hawks, even against the Pelicans, are giving up a lot of points in the paint and are going to have to find a way to shut that down. Again, I think in transition is where opponents are doing a good job because they're able to get you know, all the way in for a layup in transition. And um, also what really helps teams around there is our fouls that are um, in the paint because that means if they missed a shot, it doesn't go into the scorebook because the player got fouled. But if they make it, it does. And the Hawks get a lot of uh, weak fouls that teams are able to convert into and ones, which, again, we watch a lot of Trey Young who does not get those calls. He got an and one that he had to muscle up um, – past Dylan Brooks and get off the glass and was able to get an and one but a lot of other teams are able to get and ones where it's it seems really soft and the Hawks don't just they don't block the shot after making the foul um but that helps the other team's points in the paint and then second chance points the out the Hawks were outscored there six to 13 um Memphis was just again they had the same number of offensive rebounds both teams had 11 offensive rebounds but the uh Memphis was able to turn that into 13 points where the Hawks were only able to get six um, so tough shooting night and then combine that with uh, a Memphis team that was really amped up to get a win in uh, Atlanta and it, it just turned into a rough third quarter and won again I can imagine how the Pelicans felt because the Hawks couldn't do anything right in that third quarter the um, Memphis Grizzlies were just getting threes anytime the Hawks would kind of even creep back changing it from 20 to tw- or from 23 to 20 hit a three or something the Grizzlies would hit a three and a, get a steal and get a layup and push to lead up to 25. So um, just a brutal game. And after that third quarter, it was really just a full garbage time in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I would have liked, I think Nate McMillan tried to get the second unit going and the unit was able to get it down to like 19 or 17. And with about seven minutes to go, he put his starters in to try to get another push. I think I would have liked to see him go with that second unit a little longer um, hit Nate McMillan putting in his starters uh, got Taylor Jenkins who is the coach of the Memphis Grizzlies to put his, his starters back in and that just pushed the lead back up but uh, I mean this game the Hawks were down um, by over 20 points it's hard to really quibble with what happened at the end of the game for the Hawks um, Bogdan Bogdanovich continues his strong play he was 9 of 20 from the field 4 of 8 again from 3 point land had 24 points 6 rebounds 3 assists and 2 steals he was a hawk that at the end of the game was still going right at Jonas Valanciunas and was able to get two and ones. Trey Young was 6 of 17, didn't make a three-pointer, was 2 of 2 on his free throws. Again, Trey Young only getting two free throws when a team is being extra physical. Um, it's just not something you normally see. He was definitely upset with the officiating. He got a technical foul. And it is interesting. I think Nate McMillan is absolutely right that this is kind of the style of play you expect to see in the playoffs and kind of the type of calls you're going to get in the playoffs. Um, I think it's a little frustrating that it's such a different style of, you know, basketball and that things have changed so much on Trey Young, but he gets frustrated. He gets in the air and doesn't know whether to shoot the ball or make a pass. Um, But tough night for Trey Young shooting. He had 14 points, five rebounds, 11 assists, and two turnovers. Kevin Herter was being aggressive, but he is another player who kind of like Trey can be thrown off by physical play. I thought he was doing a good job of getting to the basket and trying to uh, force the officials to make a call, and he just wasn't getting the call. Um, Again, 5 of 13, 1 of 4 on his threes, 2 of 2 on his free throws for 13 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block. His three was a beautiful. He got past the ball, threw up a shot fake. The defender went flying by Kevin Herter. He calmly 
took it one side step and drained the three. Um, and then to round uh, Aneka Kongwa, we talked about his double-double. Off the bench, we had Nathan Knight, who was four of eight um, for nine points. He had one free throw. Tony Snell made all of his shots, two of them from behind the three-point land line, including a and one from three that put the Hawks up by four briefly. Um, he had nine points, and then um, Lou Williams was six of 12 from the field. He had 13 points, uh, and that was really it for the Hawks. Just a really rough night offensively, especially in the second half. I mean, um, when you score 64 points in the first half and then only make it to 113, you're not exactly lighting up the um, scoring book. The Grizzlies, again, strong performances from Grayson Allen. John Morant had a quiet first half before exploding. He went 8 of 13 from the field, 2 of 3 on the three-point shooting for 19 points. He had 7 rebounds and 7 assists. Dylan Brooks had a strong game. He was 6 of 9, 3 of 5 from three-point land for 17 points. He was a player who in the first quarter hit a couple of three-pointers that kept the Grizzlies close um, in that first quarter that the Hawks built a 14-point lead. Uh, And Dylan Brooks has just an innate sense of confidence that really I don't think is always reflected on the court. Um, But he is always going to have the confidence to take open shots. In his first three, he was wide open. He drilled it. He came down the next possession, got to the same spot, and hit the three again. And I thought those were big shots for the Memphis Grizzlies. And he also kind of embodies the physical style in which they play because he's not the best defender, but he's willing to get up into whoever he's guarding and really be physical and force the officials to decide whether they're going to make a call or not um, and really set the tone for the entire game. So I thought Dylan Brooks, he's not a player I really enjoy watching, but he gets to his spots and he can really have a big effect on the game. And um, he, he certainly did that against the Hawks. He was definitely messing with what the Hawks were doing. And again, I thought those shots in the first quarter were big for the Grizzlies who had no offense working at the beginning. The Hawks kind of were doing what they wanted. A Kongwu got off to a nice start. And uh, those two big three-pointers by Dylan Brooks, I thought, uh, kept the Grizzlies from falling all the way out of the game in the first quarter. And then Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, 6 of 11, 3 of 5 from 3. He His threes felt like every time the Hawks were kind of going on a mini run, and all the Hawks runs felt like they were a little 5-2 five, five runs or – uh, seven, four runs. They weren't any big runs, but anytime the Hawks would get a little bit of momentum, Kyle Anderson would just, you know, he has a slow release. His, his shot isn't the prettiest. It's not a Clay Thompson shot or anything like that, but he would get that shot off and drain a three or that steal he made in the, that was really the backbreaker in the third quarter. He perfectly read the pass, left his man in the paint and just got the intercepted the pass perfectly out on the run and was able to toss the pass to John Moran off the backboard. But slow-mo, 17 points, nine rebounds, six assists, and two steals. And uh, there's nothing more frustrating than being outwitted on the basketball court. And uh, Kyle Anderson, great basketball IQ and really took it to the Hawks in that regard. And again, his shooting motion, it is not pretty, it is not fast, but it is effective. And uh, he was able to really bury the Hawks a couple times, especially when it looked like the Hawks may be able to get back into the game, maybe cut a 20-point lead to 15, um, or feel like they got any sort of momentum. But just, you know, there are going to be games in a long season, 72-game season, there are going to be games where it's just non-competitive. And the Hawks have done a good job of not really having back-to-back games like that, or really having any games like that. They had the one game against the Nuggets on that road trip where they got blown out, but um, they haven't let that become something 
that happens all the time. So uh, as we've talked about on here, hopefully the Hawks turn around. They have a game on uh, Friday against the Chicago Bulls. It's, of course, that's the new look Bulls with um, Zach Levine and Vucevic from the Magic. They were able to complete that trade. And so hopefully the Hawks can turn around and not let one loss turn into two, but rather, you know, they've they had that nice four-game winning streak. It's time to start another winning streak. Hopefully the Hawks will get some of these injured guys back. I don't think either injury to Capella or Gallinari was very serious. I think taking it easy on those guys on a back-to-back, letting them get two days off might have been uh, the right thing to do for the Hawks, but they could really use Clint Capella. And certainly Gallinari's offensive um, capabilities are really needed too when the Hawks just can't get a bucket. So so hopefully the Hawks will go into this game with Chicago with both Capella and Gallinari back. But we will be back to talk about the Hawks versus Bulls after that game and go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com and go Hawks.